Okay, uh, 1 John chapter 1. It's found on page 1898 and 99 of your pew Bible. The word of life. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete, walking in the light. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and, in, and his word has no place in our lives. And the second passage comes from the book of Acts. Acts 2, verse 42. The Fellowship of the Believers. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The reading of the word of law of God. Great. Thanks, Terry. We are thinking this morning about the fellowship you see in our text from Acts 2.42, which we're looking at the four things there over a number of weeks. So we looked at the teaching, we're looking at the fellowship this morning, uh, next Sunday we take a break for Cadet Sunday, of course, and then we look at the, the breaking of bread and prayer. But we, we want to focus on fellowship this morning and just to highlight as well from 1 John 1, the reading where it speaks, uh, first of all, about the fellowship we have with God. And so that's always in the background. And so that's why it says in verse 3, well, actually, it, it's in the foreground. It's, it's the main thing. That we proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. So that's where fellowship begins, our combined worship of God. And then it goes on in terms of how we fellowship with one another. Verse 6, if we claim to have fellowship with him, yet, yet we are not walking together in the light of his word and as a fellowship together. And then 
then we are lying. We are not living out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. So that fellowship with God flows into our fellowship with one another. Congregation of Jesus Christ, I'm excited that we are doing this study of the church, the New Testament church, and looking at how that New Testament church in Acts 2 uh, was uh, described and where it says they devoted themselves to these key areas of faith. And so in, in Acts 2.42, it, it talks about that devotion, that zeal, and that applies, first of all, to our love for God. And we looked at that last week. And then, and then there's a zeal, a devotion for one another in the fellowship as a church. And so that reality, being devoted to one another, comes, comes next. So if, if I would remind you too... When Jesus was asked about the law, what is the greatest command in the law? Then in Matthew 22, he says to love God above all. That's, that's your devotion to God. That's the teaching. And then right away, he says, the second is love your neighbor as yourself. So that's really what we're looking at here in Acts 2. As, as it's describing the church, as Luke, who is the, the gospel, the, the writer of Acts, as he is, is expressing the truth of what this church is, what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to do those things. As Jesus said, love God above all, that's our devotion, first of all, and that flows into loving our neighbor as ourselves. So that's, that's really what we have here. Our theme this morning is that second part, devotion for the fellowship, just to have you recognize that's what the structure is. That's what the, the message underlying the why it's stated this way. Just to give you the, the insight overall, when, when it says, be devoted to the fellowship, it's thinking of sacrifice. It's thinking of sacrifice. And you may wonder about that. That's what it's thinking about, self-sacrifice. So I want to work that out for you, what it means to be a fellowship. Here in Acts chapter 2, um, the, the word that's actually used for fellowship in the Greek is koinonia, and probably you know that word, Right? That does come up more often. Some churches, in fact, are, are not called, like we're called Bethel, Christian Reformed Church. Some churches are called Koinonia Fellowship or Koinonia Church. And Koinonia means, in the Greek, fellowship, to be a fellowship together. And so that's the word that's used. And, and it does bring in our understanding, if we think of it, and even if it's used, uh, transliterated from Greek to English into English, fellowship, and we think of, oh, well, we have coffee after church. We have a fellowship hall. That's what it means. So the early church met and they talked and then they went to the fellowship hall and they had coffee. And that's fellowship. Well, there's definitely part of, yeah, being, being friendly, uh, uh, visiting, 
keeping contact, being encouraging to one another, being supportive. Those things are there. But it's, it's then, okay, what, what is that? To build up to fellowship, then how do you build up to fellowship? And, and what do you do? And what's all involved? And so it's, it's really much more than that. I would say, as we think about this and the, the, the text that they devoted themselves to teaching and the fellowship, fellowship was important then, it's important now too. Even just on that basic level of just getting, getting to know each other, continuing to, to build into each other's lives as, as friends and as members of a church. In our culture, one of the biggest struggles that people are finding now, even with all of the technology and everything, is loneliness. People are just lonely. They don't have even basic fellowship. And so something like a church is already a, a, a huge step beyond what many people have. They, they are just by themselves, alone. All alone. And, and how does that work? That's part of, part of our culture, a very independent culture, our Western culture. We are, we are stressed to privacy. And, and even, even if you think about just our basic understanding of how we are supposed to live, how people are supposed to live. Well, if you are, are a member of a family, you live in a house, you should have your own bedroom. Right, Cassie? Yes. Right. It's just understood, right? Everybody should have their own bedroom. That's not, that's not common in this world. All the kids have one room in families all over the world. You have your own room, Reuben? Yeah? No. You need your own room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just what we need, Right? Now that's, but then, then what are you doing? Yeah, you're sitting by yourself in your room. Hmm, oh, okay. There's a, a tendency of, okay, I, I need my own thing. And then, and then it goes on to, you need your own bathroom. I don't want to share a bathroom with anybody. I need my own bathroom. Say, yeah, that doesn't happen in all of our houses. <laughs> it just doesn't work. But there's a sense, okay, I need my own stuff. I need my own thing. And I definitely need my own phone. I need my own phone. Well, of course. <laughs> Some people shaking their head. That's our culture. You need your own, you need your own car. You need your own car. That's just our understanding, right? That's, that's just normal, right? No. But then you leave your room, and you go to your bathroom, and you call on your phone, you get in your car, you go. You're by yourself all the time. You end up more and more and more and more by yourself. You're just by yourself. It's lonely, even in the family. We, we heard discussion, too. There was a family, they, I think I mentioned it earlier, too. They, don't, they sold their, their dining room table. They sold the table because they never eat together. You grab something from the kitchen, you eat in your room. Lonely. 
This is normal life for many people in our culture, many young people. There's just all somehow that independence, that, that privacy. And so even when people have all kinds of Facebook friends, but no one ever stops in for a coffee. No one ever stops by. And look at all the friends I got. Yeah, pretty lonely. There is no fellowship. So a church that's devoted to fellowship can be a powerful witness in a world where God, God made us for fellowship. It's what we need, really, in order to feel blessed, cared for, comforted, encouraged. And so to emphasize fellowship is vitally important in our culture. And to be a church that understands what true fellowship is is vitally important. Now, let me, let me ask you to cast your mind back to being part of that New Testament church in Acts 2. So if we were part of that, and that church would meet, and that church would, would come together, and, and they would preach on fellowship. One of the apostles would get up and say, we need to be a fellowship together, and he would talk about koinonia. And, and what would the people understand? As he said too, we need to really have that fellowship, be devoted to fellowship. We think of social events, uh, maybe gathering, uh, maybe doing some things together, a craft day, uh, some kind of fellowship, kind of getting together. Those people sitting there, when they heard the word koinonia, they would think of sacrifice. That's the very first thing they would think of. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. So weird. What are they thinking? Sacrifice. The, the New Testament word koinonia comes from the Old Testament word shalem, which is close to shalom, peace. But shalem was fellowship. In the Hebrew, shalem. And, and Shalem was used often in the Old Testament. You hear it often, over and over. And what it is, is a fellowship offering. It's a sacrifice. And you brought a, a Shalem, a fellowship offering, to the temple or to the tabernacle, and you made an offering, a sacrifice. That was fellowship, a fellowship offering. That would be what they would connect it to. Very strong, common understanding. A calf or a lamb was sacrificed, and it would be a voluntary sacrifice, a willing sacrifice. And this would be what, what when they thought of koinonia, they would, oh, that's, that's shalem, that's sacrifice. <coughs> Bringing a sacrifice. The New Testament church, where it says they devoted themselves to koinonia, has the uh, self-sacrificial love for one another. That's what's underlying it. Self-sacrificial love. So a fellowship offering was brought as thanksgiving, as, as a free will offering, 
It was a fellowship offering was brought at the main feast, the main gatherings of God's people, all the special events when everybody was together. The fellowship offerings were brought by people to, to recognize times of fellowship, to recognize the thankfulness for the fellowship, to recognize that, that we are God's people together. And it was very distinctly different when, when people brought a burnt offering, burnt offerings were brought, or sin, that sin had to be covered and a burnt offering was brought. The burnt offering would be brought and it would be burnt and, and God, God would receive everything. The priest and the person bringing it uh, wouldn't receive any meat from it or anything. When a, when a grain offering was brought and grain offerings were brought for various reasons, then the it would be for God, the grain would be, some would be burned up, and the priest, the priest would receive some as food. But when a fellowship offering was brought, God got the best, absolutely. He got the fat and the blood. And then the priest, they got the shoulder, absolutely. But then the rest of it, the person who brought it received some and, and would eat from it, along with everybody with him, family, friends, fellowship. A fellowship offering was fellowship. It was coming together around that offering, affirming the covenant relationship with God, but also recognizing that the people themselves are called to come together and encourage one another. Even after someone ended their time of a Nazarite vow, people would take a Nazarite vow and then they would withdraw themselves somewhat from the life of the congregation and then after they had completed that vow, 40 days, then they would bring a fellowship offering and join the fellowship again. That emphasis, when, when that became part of the New Testament church. It also uh, has the sense of, of shalom, shalom, peace, peace with God, peace in the fellowship, peace together as God's people. So, so the fellowship would have those background thoughts and understandings. So when we recognize in our fellowships struggles can arise. They can. There can be, uh, as Brad mentioned, disagreements about things, music and stuff. There can be infighting. There can be conflict. There can be division. There can be rivalry, uh, jealousy. There can be anger. And, and when those things happen, fellowship breaks up. And often, often some of the, the first to feel it and, and to step back from the fellowship are even the younger ones. So we don't want to be part of that. It's just a group that's arguing and fighting all the time. And so the, the lack of fellowship, the lack of, of coming together causes divisions and church splits and fellow believers are unwilling to fellowship with one another for, for very secondary reasons, really. And so that reality continues to threaten the church. And so, so the call to be devoted to the fellowship is to realize the sin that comes even within the fellowship. And if you look in the Old Testament, the 12 tribes, they often didn't get along. You read about those 12 tribes, 
And man, oh man, they needed to come with self-sacrificial hearts to be a fellowship. The fellowship of God's people already in the Old Testament is based on sacrifice, asking God to forgive, asking God to bring peace, asking God to restore good fellowship. So that's all behind Acts 2.42 in the New Testament church. says they devoted themselves because, because even as all these believers came together, it says in Acts 2 they, they had all these converts. And all these people come. And how do you get along? Because they have all different ideas about what it means to be church and how we do church and what are you doing and why are you doing it. And, and the centrality of sacrifice is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's what fellowship has to be based on. For us, too. We have to, when we hear fellowship, we have to think sacrifice and we have to see the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And that's the only way that we can be a fellowship together because that's the only hope that any of us has. So that's the focus of fellowship. When people hear that word, they, they immediately don't think, oh, let's have coffee or have somebody over coffee or, or we'll maybe spend a little more time together or we'll maybe do a little more stuff together. No, at the heart of it, we are all coming together, being together on the sacrifice of Christ who forgives our sins, who gave himself completely and who forgives us our stubborn attitudes in the church and who draws us together as those who love and serve him. So, so that's true fellowship. A church that truly fellowships has that at its heart. And we can remain a fellowship, though sometimes we hurt each other. Sometimes we disappoint each other. Sometimes we disagree with each other. But we agree, seeing Christ as the source of the forgiveness we all need. And so that reality is at the heart of fellowship. So I need you to see this morning how that idea of fellowship was the center, the focus of the New Testament church, and how it continued to be the basis for them to be a fellowship in response to his love and grace. Or that, that church would have fallen apart right there. Any church would, unless Christ is the center. So we also need to see how that New Testament church was guided by that understanding. And you see that continue when John, in his, in his letter here, writes the church, and right away, as he's talking about fellowship in 1 John 1, he's talking about fellowship, he focuses on God, and right away he says, too, that we need to be focused on Christ, the blood of his Son purifies us from sin. We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus purifies. Fellowship is the blood of Jesus that forgives us and allows us to come together in him. So that's what we need to understand and put into practice. We see that sacrifice of Christ and we are ready to sacrifice ourselves. Self-sacrificial love in the body of Christ is the key. 
So that, that means various things. What does that mean? Well, I, I think on the one hand, you see the praise team here this morning. They, they give of themselves. Like they come and practice on a Thursday night and they hear early on Sunday and, and for the sake of the body, right? For the sake. So yeah, you have aspects of fellowship in service, in Christian service, in, in all the things that we seek to do. There's, there's a self-sacrificial center to that and to do that thankfully and joyfully recognizing Christ's sacrifice for us. So that's, that's a very specific understanding of, okay, can I maybe help in the fellowship? Well, it would mean I need to sacrifice some of my time. But I'd be willing to do that, seeing all that Christ has done for me. So that, you see how that rolls out, right? Then, then the fellowship can be encouraged, then it can be built up. And the second one, uh, the relationship between each other is even closer than a blood relationship. And, and this, this comes, when it, when it says in, in 1 John 1, 2, that, that we come together, we walk into light together, we have fellowship with the Father and the Son. And, and his writing in 1 John, as, as he goes on, chapter 2, verse 1, my dear children, he is uh, very central in the letter of John. In terms of fellowship and, and in terms of, of, of the, the, the family of believers. And, and so what he's talking about too, the, the Christian family, the church family, takes precedent over the biological family. And this is a real challenge. Because what happens in, in our understanding and what, what can occur too within our our situations too. We are, we are churches who have family relations. And within the church, family relations, actual blood biological relations can take priority. And it's important to have family relations, absolutely. And it's good to come together as biological family. Occasions, different things, Absolutely. But there are some situations where, where in a church fellowship, some family groups only stick with their family group. And that's not good. And I almost hesitate to say it. But it's in a way so natural, so normal. So when you're in church and you're looking around and you want to talk to someone and you talk to someone you're related to, of course, because you're related to them, you know them and you can joke around with them and it's all fine. But that's not the family of faith that we need to build up together. And so, so this really challenges us too. Sometimes too, uh, some families have routines that every Sunday after church we go for supper or for lunch or whatever. And that's a beautiful thing. But couldn't we maybe once a month maybe have someone else over? Or maybe go somewhere? Because sometimes too, you, you invite somebody over from the church, they say, no, no, we're, we're going to family this Sunday. And if a special occasion, Absolutely. But if it's every, 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 every Sunday, always, we're just getting together with our family every Sunday, 
That's not good. So this, this is the kind of challenge that this brings in, especially from 1 John, which talks about dear children, love one another. You are part of a bigger family. And the church is, is that family. And to welcome and to receive one another and to care for one another in that way. That's what Acts 2.42 is referring to. Then what do you have to do? You have to sacrifice yourself a little bit. You do. You have to sacrifice yourself. And not always just what you're most comfortable with. Maybe invite somebody over you don't know so well. Get to know them. See if you can encourage them. So that's a real challenge in terms of of being this fellowship. But if you think of fellowship as sacrifice, you think of Christ's sacrifice, then you are ready to do that. And you're not doing it just because maybe you feel bad because I said it, or you might try it once. No, you're going to do it because Christ sacrificed himself for you and called you into his family and continues to watch over you and seeking to enrich your life. So that, that is fellowship as the Bible speaks into our understanding of it. There's also within our culture very, very many opportunities. So a final example, uh, people are very busy, very busy with lots of things that they like to do. People like to do things, and there's lots to do. A part of all kinds of groups and go out and out to Calgary and out to Edmonton, and people can, can be busy every night. And again, again, what is fellowship based on? Well, there's some stuff that, that God would want us to do in the church and that we would be available for some things. But yeah, I like to do this and I like to be out there and I like to go out this evening and that evening, the next evening and, and there's just nothing, no time because I, I, I am doing everything I want. And again, self-sacrificial, a real challenge in our self-centered world where we have no time and just to be called into fellowship in terms of, of Jesus calling us together in him and and things of the church and things the church is doing together and events that that the church is working with and ministering to and that we give of ourselves for the sake of Christ, for the sake of others. And in that, we are enriched in faith, in beautiful ways, much more so than, than just running around doing all kinds of activities. Our faith is enriched as we see Christ at work through us and in the church. So just a few questions to ponder. Fellowship is sacrifice, but it brings joy, and it brings the peace of the Lord, and it brings the richest of rewards. So how could you be more devoted to the fellowship here, and what might you need to sacrifice? Let's pray together.